Welcome everyone to the Shepherd Talk podcast with Pastor Ray Jones from Ridgecrest Baptist Church. This conversation is centered on reaching, building, and connecting you to the mission God has in store for your life. We hope these practical conversations help to encourage and equip you to follow Jesus in a greater way. Hey, Pastor, how are you today? Doing great, Chase. Good. Excited for another conversation on the Shepherd Talk podcast. Before we get to uh, talking about Thanksgiving, because Ah. this is Thanksgiving week that this uh, podcast will be airing, I want to go back to Ridgecrest Sports Network really quick and give you a shout out for pretty much calling the Masters champion. What can I say? Um, It it wasn't really a difficult call. I, I think a lot of folks felt like... It was going to be one of two or three guys. I think uh, Dustin Johnson was the odds-on favorite for most people. Bryson DeChambeau had a lot of uh, support. And Justin Thomas was one that I felt like really had a, a chance to do it. But not surprised, as I said in the last podcast, to see uh, Dustin Johnson uh, do it and man did he do it I mean he did it in style 20 under the lowest uh, I believe of any masters uh, ever to from par to uh, to minus I think nobody's ever done it like that so yeah he played really well I'm not a golfer pastor but you can recognize the fact that he played <laughs> it, you don't have to be a golfer right, to recognize right. that that's a pretty incredible thing and to and to put and he kept pulling away. It wasn't right, like right. he, you know, had to hang on. Uh, Which that, to me, away. is more normal, the case of the leaders trying to hang on. If something happens that last day or yeah, something, and it yeah. gets tight. But Well, and it's happened so many times by so many good golfers where they just, you know, the pressure, it's the masters of the four majors. It's still probably considered the most elite of the four. And, uh, and so, too, uh, many have collapsed. A lot of guys have collapsed coming down the stretch with a significant lead, and they have collapsed. But he didn't. He he played some of the best golf that I, I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, from tee to green and from start to finish, uh, he just played really exceptionally well. So here's one question. We'll jump into our Thanksgiving uh, talk. But how was the course different being that it was – played later in the year than it would have been normally like it is in April? Uh, Well, first of all, it was far – I I didn't expect it to be as pristine at this time of year as – and I've been a couple of times to the Masters, and it's breathtaking to be there, and especially in the spring with all the azaleas. So I thought it would kind of be a little lackluster, but I have to tell you, with the exception that there were no – Azalea's blooming, it was it looked as as beautiful as it normally looks. And by the way, TV does not do it justice. But it played different. Um, of course, it had some rain, but everything seemed to be a little softer. And so I think that's why you saw a lot more low scores gotcha. than you typically do. So when the balls hit, uh, the greens didn't seem to be as hard, and so the balls would tend to hold their place in most cases, a little better than they did in others. So it did play different, I think. And, you know, when the air is cool, too, that that can cut down on distance. You know, the, the air is heavier a lot of times, in particular in the morning. Right. And so I, I think some of that made a little bit of difference because of the coolness of the, the season. 
so, yeah, I think it definitely played different. I don't think if they played in the spring, you would have seen the kind of scores that you saw in this one. Right, yeah, that makes sense. I, I remember watching years of those balls running off the green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and into the, the water or whatever. So. Now, the the – the interesting, probably the most interesting hole on the whole course with the most interesting player was hole number 12 on the last round with Tiger. And he, he took a 10 on a par three and proving that he is a human. Right. You know, and, and playing like the rest of us play. Right. You know, but uh, – and then he followed it up with five birdies. Wow. I believe it was. So – I ended up shooting a 76, which by their standards and his standard is horrible. But can you imagine playing a round of golf and having one hole where you're where you take a 10, you're seven over par, and you still shoot a 76? Right. That's pretty incredible, but not to them. But uh, that's going to be kind of one of those holes that probably he has nightmares about for the rest of his life. You know, I play uh, putt-putt golf at Adventureland and hope for a 76. <laughs> on, on the first nine. <laughs> hey, yeah, I wasn't yeah. saying that. <laughs> oh, me. All right. Well, again, thanks for uh, <laughs> just the the how you enlightened us last week with Dustin Johnson and getting us to uh, understand that he it's was – It's a gift. A gift that you have. Maybe you are. I think last week you said, you know, people aren't really looking at us as professional sports analysts, but – you're moving Our on up now. Our stock is moving up. It's, your it's your stock up. is moving up. Let's say yeah. that. So, yeah. all right, Pastor, today on the Shepherd Talk podcast, we do want to think just briefly about Thanksgiving, knowing that this week is the week of Thanksgiving. And uh, just start us by this. Share a memory from any point in time that you'd like to share when it comes to just Thanksgiving, something that you remember um, growing up or even recently. Well, uh, i tell you what, what I remember when I think of Thanksgiving is I remember in our, our home growing up, uh, this was a special holiday for our family because my mom was a great cook. And she would begin uh, the week before Thanksgiving baking. And she would bake pies, pumpkin pies, um, and she would make a pound cake. And then she'd make homemade fudge, which was absolutely out of this world. She'd make homemade cinnamon rolls. She'd make homemade divinity, and uh, so she would. And she'd make cheese straws. She would make uh, sausage balls, and uh, this was part of the ritual of, of leading up to Thanksgiving. And I can remember, you know. And then of course we'd have the turkey and uh, the regular kinds of Thanksgiving meal. But uh, when Thanksgiving, we couldn't eat any of those goodies that she made. We couldn't eat any of them until Thanksgiving hit. And then we had enough for a couple of days after. Right. But, man, I can remember as a kid, both young and as I got into my teenage years, I mean, I think my mouth would start salivating <laughs> the week before Thanksgiving because I'd smell that stuff so that she was cooking, peanut butter cookies. I mean, you name it, she, she baked it up. And, and knowing that I couldn't have any of it till Thanksgiving hit. So that was, that was a special um, uh, memory uh, for us, or for me in particular. And uh, while um, that doesn't continue to this day, obviously my mom's in heaven, but um, uh, we still, my wife still, she basically says, what do you want? And she'll fix, you know, the things that I want. So some of that kind of has carried on. Uh, but... There's no way I could eat the kind of way I ate 
then, but it sure was good. That's that's probably my favorite memory about Thanksgiving. That sounds a little like torture, you know, knowing that you had all that right there, but waiting oh, for the was. day. And waiting, just waiting, waiting. It's like it's like being in a race and the, the blocks, you know, getting ready to <laughs> – to scratch off, and you can't go until you hear the gun right, go off. Right. And when Thanksgiving hit, bam, it was like the gun went off. Now, you, you never, you know, snuck in there late at night or, you know, did anything like that, would you? I won't say there wasn't a cinnamon roll <laughs> or a peanut butter cookie or two that mysteriously disappeared. Um, but it is, it is true that there sometimes were – Somebody was making some things vanish. <laughs> well, we'll stop there. We won't ask you more questions about that. So, but Pastor, as we think about Thanksgiving, you know, it's one of those things in culture right now to an extent that maybe gets looked past, you know, looking to Christmas. Some folks already decorating, and we can talk back and forth and debate should we be decorating or listening to Christmas music till after Thanksgiving or anything like that. And a lot of times, as Christ followers, it's easy to obviously know the magnitude of Christmas. But speak to our listeners today about just understanding the magnitude of thanksgiving as a Christ follower as well. Well, you know, Paul counsels us to thanksgiving. He says, in everything, by, by, uh, with, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. And um, I, I think it is, a, it is a virtue of believers to know how to be thankful and to be grateful. I, I was thinking just yesterday, and not so much in the context of Thanksgiving, but certainly in this season, I was saying with all the junk that has gone on and, and continues to go on, there are so many things I begin to thank God for that I'm grateful for. Because it's easy to become cynical and uh, critical and forget the blessings of God. And... Uh, Thanksgiving, I believe, is a time. Well, you know, the first Thanksgiving occurred because of believers right. who wanted to set aside time right. uh, to express thanks to God right. for helping them survive. Quite, quite frankly, right. Um, and you know, there was some some uh, interaction with the early settlers and the pilgrim. I mean, the uh, Indians, Indians. Uh, because of that very thing. The Indians had helped the the. Uh, settlers survived literally and they and it was and what was birthed was because these early settlers go read your history they were predominantly christians right and uh well devoted the pilgrims were uh they were pilgrims because they were pilgrims following god right and so this this celebration emerged. It was later made a national holiday, much, much, much later. But those early settlers, in conjunction with the Indians, wanted to give thanks to God because he had preserved them and for his uh, blessings to them in the new world that they were in. And so, uh, again, you don't really hear that today when we think of Thanksgiving. We do, as you said, we kind of think of Thanksgiving as the gateway to Christmas. Right kind of thing. But it really uh, is a wonderful opportunity for us to say again to God, like they did early on, God, thank you for all the good things that you've done, the life that you've given us, the the uh, the fact that you've preserved us thus far. And we are grateful for that. And we know that apart from you, we don't have life. Right. And so I think it is a wonderful time. And I think it is it is biblical to be able to 
to celebrate this time as a season of gratefulness to God. Yeah, that's really good. As you think about that thought of celebrating that and, and showing that thankfulness to God, help me and our listeners today understand how can I really take recognition of all that God is doing in my life? Well, first of all, the Bible says all good and perfect gifts come down from the Father of light with whom there is no variable or shifting shadows. It means he doesn't waver, he doesn't wobble. Uh, wobble. Uh, he is uh, rock solid. And everything good in life that comes our way, we should attribute to God. We should say, thank you, God. That's a good thing. That's a, that's, thank you. That's a blessing from you, so to speak. Um, and so what we have to learn to do is be grateful, see everything as a, as a gift of grace from God. Uh, and I didn't say everything in our life is good. But by the way, Paul did say in everything, give thanks. But I didn't say everything is good. But what we can do is look at the good things in our life and say, were it not for God, even the good things of my life would not exist. And yeah, so we, you got to take stock, you know, and um, our tendency is to, um, to exaggerate the bad stuff while we minimize the good stuff. And, and that's because bad stuff usually brings heartache or it brings heaviness or it brings uh, pain or difficulty. And so uh, we magnify that because uh, we take for granted so much of the good things. Right. But even if you're in a season where you're just struggling with some tough stuff, I would encourage you to say, let me get this in perspective. There are still good things in, in my life. There are still so many good things that God has done in my life. Um, the, the difficulties do not negate the good things that God has done. And so perspective is, and that's hard to do. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But perspective is key to being able to take stock of all those good things, and then consequently say, I may not be grateful for this, but I am grateful for that. I think about the story of Joseph, and you you guys know the story, and I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. He was sold by his brothers into slavery. He uh, kind of fought his way out of that, and then he ended up in prison, you know, falsely accused, ended up in prison, and he stayed there for, for years and was forgotten there, or so he thought, but God was at work. Finally, he ascended to the second in command of the entire empire of Egypt, which was the largest in the world at that time. And you know the story, his brothers, uh, Israel was in a famine. His brothers went to beg food from right. the Egyptians because Joseph had pre-planned how they could survive a famine, and so when Joseph recognized it was his brothers, he didn't tell them. They didn't recognize him, of course. But you know the great line at, at, toward the end of that story is, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah, that's good. And, and that he had the perspective to be able to see that. Now, sometimes that comes on the backside. But my point is, even some of the things that are hard right now may be the work of God or the allowance of God in our life because God is moving us somewhere and that we'll be able to look back and say, God, thank you. What I thought or many thought were was evil has worked out for good, which is consistent with Scripture. God causes all things to work together 
for good to those who love the Lord. And so we can uh, we can learn to give thanks. And I would say, Chase, that thanks is also a discipline. Yeah. yeah does that make sense? Yeah, it you does. Know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you you have to say, God, I thank you. I don't understand. I, I'm not even happy about this. I don't feel great about this. But I thank you, and thanks is based on trust. Yeah, that's good. You know, so I trust you enough to say thank you in spite of the way I may feel like uh, feel right now. When Paul told us to be thankful in everything, he was in prison. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know that's a great line to think about for those of you that are listening. Thanks is based upon trust. You know, Pastor, right now the context that we're living in, you know, pandemic world. Uh, election, uh, you know, up and down, question marks with that, um, really is a place where it's there are negative things or things that we wouldn't think that we should be thankful for. But even in the midst of that, I think it's important to look at, take your eyes and see uh, all the things, uh, even in the middle of those things and how God could still be working and is not just could be, but is working in our circumstances. And so, Pastor, wrap up today's podcast as we think about Thanksgiving and just the time of year that we're in right now with sharing how a Christian that is living a thankful life, how does that person impact the world we live in today? Well, let me back up a second and say this. Um, I personally, uh, the other day, I thought, you know, there's so many things to get you discouraged and depressed. You mentioned some of those around uh, what's going on in the world and the unsettledness. It's just so many things. And uh, as I did, I recalled another Bible verse. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And that's an expression of thankfulness. I can rejoice today, not because I know what's coming down the road. You know, look, things could get worse. That's right, yeah. We we, we just don't know. But as as I was thinking and meditating on that verse, it dawned on me and reminded me really, you have today, and today is good. Your health is good. Your family is good. Um, you got food on the table. You got shelter. Uh, rejoice in today yeah, right. instead of worrying about what's it going to be like in six months. Uh, what's going to be happening to the church? You know, as a pastor, I think where, where's the church headed as a result of a lot of this stuff. Right. And but instead, it was just a simple reminder. Rejoice today or be thankful for today. Enjoy your relationship with God today and quit worrying about trying to enjoy it tomorrow or the day after or the week after. And that's really, I think, what Jesus meant when he said, take no thought for tomorrow. In other words, don't be worried about tomorrow. Right. He said, each day has enough concerns of its own. So, so he was talking about living for him and enjoying the relationship one day at a time. So I would say to our listeners, how can Thanksgiving, how can you as a Christian both affirm it and be blessed in it? And that is by learning to rejoice in today. Get up tomorrow and say, I've got another day. I'll rejoice. I don't know what's coming, but I'll rejoice in the day. And And I'll give thanks. And, um, and if you'll do that, practice that, if you can learn, that's a hard thing, to yeah. discipline ourselves, to say one day at a time, I'm going to express thanks, I'm going to rejoice, and then I'll take it just like that. The next day, I'll get up and I'll start the process over 
one day at a time, and you can have a really um, great Thanksgiving. I really believe that. Yeah, that's such great encouragement for all of us, and we do encourage you with that uh, this Thanksgiving. Just a reminder, thanks uh, is a discipline. I love that thought that we heard and the thought of thanks being based on our trust in the Lord. And so we want to say happy Thanksgiving to our listeners and thankful for each and every one of you. And uh, I'll just say this. We'd love for you to, as always, subscribe uh, and like uh, our podcast and the platforms there. And, Pastor, why don't you just wrap up the podcast today the way you'd like to? Well, thanks. Uh, Thanksgiving is just that. It's a time for us to say thanks. And thanks to God. Uh, You can thank Him for all the good things in your life, but most of all, thank Him for your salvation. And if you don't know Him, there's not a better season of the year to receive Him than Thanksgiving this Christmas season. It is the reminder that Christ came into this world and died for us and died for our sins so that we could know God. Uh, That itself is enough to praise and thank him forever and ever and ever and ever. And so uh, take advantage of the season. And when somebody says, how can you be so grateful and how can you be so thankful with all that's going on around you? Say, because I'm saved, because I know Christ. I know who holds my future. I know him personally. And so I don't know what may come tomorrow, next week, But today, I know who my Savior is, and He'll be the same tomorrow. And so I can be thankful for the salvation that He has given me. And that overflows in the rest of my life and in the details of my life. And so uh, happy Thanksgiving to our, our listeners. And remember, the focus of your thanks, let it be upon the work that Christ has done for you. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Shepherd Talk podcast. We hope God will continue to use you to reach the lost, build up other believers, and connect your life to the mission and purpose God has for you. We look forward to more talks in the days ahead with Pastor Ray.